0: Hello and welcome to the Price of Football, the show that looks at the money behind the beautiful game with me, Kevin Day, and Liverpool University's Kieran Maguire. We are recording this on Saturday morning, Kieran, so it, it, it pains me to say that without kicking a ball, Brighton are already above Palace. On goal difference. This is really. I saw your tweet this morning saying it's a glorious sunny day, which really annoys me. You were walking a dog, I haven't got a dog. And the, the football season is in full swing. So yeah, bloody right, it's in full swing, and we're already three, we're already three points behind Brighton. But let's put that behind us, Kieran, because yeah, we are upbeat, positive, and not <laughs> and not cynical, as you know. And let's get on with some questions. We have some very good questions as usual, uh, and I, I can't help but be in a good mood because I'm off to Edinburgh tomorrow, Fantastic. Uh, for a few nights. Uh, and I'm going to personally thank. The person who sourced the photograph. I mean, the, the the beauty sometimes, Kieran, Twitter is a pain in the ass. But sometimes it's fantastic. Because so I, I put a plea out to see if anybody could help me finding a photograph of a Dunthermline player biting a shin pad in 1968. <laughs> and about 50 people with the enthusiasm that you show for spreadsheets delved into various things, and lo and behold, Somebody found it for me. So that was brilliant. And I'm going to meet them in Edinburgh and buy them a drink. <laughs> so Fantastic. It's a small world. But anyway, questions, Kieran. And the first one um, is a very interesting and pertinent one. It comes from Chris Saunders. And Chris says, do you know how much the energy crisis is affecting big and small clubs? I was wondering, as businesses are not covered by the price cap. And mm. I'm also assuming that floodlights use lots of electricity. Now, it's interesting because the Isthmian League announced this week, Kieran, that they were going to allow clubs to kick off early if necessary this season, when the winter months uh, turn in, so they don't have to use floodlights, which I thought was a very sensible thing. But a bit of a throwback to the the, the 70s, which mm. a lot of people will remember when we had, miraculously, games kicking off much earlier and uh, to save uh, having to use the floodlights.
1: Yes, uh, yeah, this this is, is a very valid comment here, I think, here from Chris. Um, I, I've been in contact with with a few clubs. Um, I, I spoke to one, and, and, and we'll, we'll anonymize the clubs uh, because it's, it's only fair. Yeah. Um, one of them said, "Well, we we were protected because we'd actually hedged our uh, hedged our energy costs, but we're due to come out of that hedge soon, and and they've estimated that their costs are going to quadruple. Wow! And that is, yeah, that that's pretty horrendous because." Uh, none of the other costs have gone down. We, we we struggle to put up prices because we're conscious that fans are on the receiving end as well. So it, it's a real challenge. Um, I spoke to a uh, chief executive of another club, and I said, "Yeah, what's the score there?" He says, "Well, we, we, I can't give you a number because because we're not protected. It, it does it does vary from match to match." uh but but i'm not sleeping at night because i'm yeah you know, it, it that, that there's a genuine fear that, that you know the, the these costs are are, are are they're completely out of control and, and you are yeah. absolutely right about the Isthmian league um that they, they've said uh, clubs can kick off as as early as 12:30 um first of all that will save uh, their floodlight costs and, and they they say well yeah you know, because the you know the Isthmian league the, the floodlights don't have to be Uh, Of of the same quality as as we see in the EFL and the Premier League. Uh, But we we are talking three figures probably to to, to host a match there. Uh, But the other advantage of doing that for them is that they've realised that if if they kick off at 12.30, um, they, they can live stream because it's not within the protected period.
0: Oh, so so they, they can
1: generate some additional revenues from that. So, so you might see some clubs perhaps voluntarily deciding to go. Well, yeah, we we, we are starting to make money now from, um, uh, you know, from from I follow, and, and that has proven to be very successful. And I, and I appreciate that there is that, that, that there are issues in terms of I follow in terms of how that money is split between the clubs. Mm. But uh, you know, could we see more clubs actually going down the, the route of reducing costs and increasing revenues? Um, it, it is, and I, I've actually written down here again, you know, something similar. Yeah, you know, I I remember, remember matches. You you weren't allowed in nineteen seventy three four when yeah. when we think we had the first minor strike. You weren't allowed to have matches on a Sunday due to legislation. So therefore, what you had to do was that you had to buy a membership of a club That's which right. took place on a Sunday. And that club just happened to be at the football ground. It, it was always all sort of you know it, there, there was creative accounting and uh, uh, and shuffling of the deck there. But uh, again, again in the eighties, uh, you know, I, I, I remember go, go, going to matches in my donkey jacket with NCB on the back of it, you know, trying right. to be down with the kids, uh, or down with down with the, the miners uh, because we had, we had strikes uh, there as well. So it, it was it was a time. I, I think you know be, being flexible. Um, is it, something we've had to get used to as fans as a result of uh, yeah, the, the the changes of TV times, or so change, changes of kickoff times for for broadcast purposes. But we might now have to do it for environmental and cost considerations as well.
0: Yeah, there'll be some listeners confused thinking, hang on, kids, minors, that's the same thing, isn't it? Um, we're, we're, <laughs> talk, we're talking coal <laughs> miners here, young people, NCB, National Coal Boards. Um, as a matter of interest, Kieran, how do you, hedge energy costs.
1: Well what you do is that you you agree a contract with an energy provider in advance. So so let's say that the the price of energy is £3.50 per therm. Now I don't actually know what a therm is but so let's say it's £3.50 per therm if we bought it today. And what 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 you'll do here is you'll go to an energy company and say, Look, I will guarantee to pay you Four pounds a therm for the next three years, and if the price goes down, oh, okay. that, that's that. that I, I'm I'm on the hook for it. Yeah, you I'm know, I'm 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 a loss. But if the price goes above four pounds a therm, then the energy company has got an obligation. So it's 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 effectively an insurance policy taken out to protect you from. Uh, caps and collars, in in or, ge- or rather to give you caps and collars in terms of you've got you know exactly how much you spend. You 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 will lose if the if the market price goes down, but you'll gain if the market price goes above the the agreed price with the provider.
0: Yeah, and I'm guessing as well, Kieran, and I'm only being half flippant here that the only club that uh, won't be worried about energy prices is uh, Forest Green Rovers, who are owned by Dale Vince. Uh, who also owns Ecotricity, so presumably yeah. they get their electricity free or they have a selection of young children peddling bicycles to generate it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's an interesting one, though, Kieran, isn't it? In a, a sign of the times, unfortunately. Uh, Graham Burt has a, an interesting question. How much can it be said that the origins of the current financial issues in the EFL, particularly in the championship, which we talk about a lot, can be traced back to the demise of ITV Digital 20 years ago?
1: Well, certainly the, the collapse of ITV, ITV Digital <laughs> uh, what was uh, a, a problem. And, and it... And I think it more than coincided with an increase in the number of clubs which were going into administration. But the administ- but ITV Digital was supposed to be a solution to clubs going into administration at the time. Um, so it's a contributory factor. But I think I think there's two two bigger factors that we, we we should take into consideration here. First of all, there was the creation of the Premier League itself in, in 1992. Um, and uh, at the time the Premier League said to the EFL, uh, we will give you 25% of a combined TV deal. And the the, the EFL, uh, which I think is possibly the biggest mistake in football history, turned around and say, Yeah, sod that, we can make more money ourselves. Now, if, if, we, if we look, if we fast forward to, to 2022, the EFL TV deal is currently worth 4%. Of that of the the Premier League, wow. so uh, yeah, and and the Premier League does give money to clubs in the EFL through solidarity payments and parachute payments, and the the, the current ongoing beef between the, the the EFL and the Premier League is that the EFL is saying, "Well, you, well, you offered us twenty five percent in nineteen ninety two. Why, why can't you do the same today?" And the Premier League says, "Well, you 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 had that offer." And, and you thought you could make more money, and you know, good good good, good luck to you. Um, so so yeah, that that is the issue. And I think the other uh, major contributory factor, which I think is something which we're going to broadly revisit in respect to one of our later questions, was the decision which was made uh, by uh, by clubs in in the old football league when, when we still had ninety two operating together, where uh, it, it used to be that gate receipts were split. Evenly for, yeah. after deducting costs between the home and the away team. Um, and then the decision was made that the home team would keep all of the match receipts. And, and that started the, the move to where, where, where we are today where yeah we've got clubs and I'm not being critical because I think what they do is fantastically where you've got clubs like spurs who are potentially going to generate 120 million pounds from match day receipts and then you you'll have bournemouth who will probably be yeah they will be in single figures um so uh, you know, Spurs Spurs have invested in the stadium, and th- therefore they will say, "Well, hold on, you know, we, we we took the risk, we should get the reward." But that has accentuated the gaps in in, in terms of of football between the divisions, um, and and has made things uh, much more polarized.
0: For younger listeners, Kieran, and for those of us who really can't remember much that happened before the pandemic, can you remind us what? ITV Digital was doing for the EFL back then, 20 years ago?
1: Yeah, ITV Digital came along um, with a uh, an offer to the 72. And this was in 2005, I think it was. Um and uh, the offer was was very, very generous. Uh, I, th- I think it, you know, it it tripled or quadrupled the money that the clubs were generating. So this was purely a deal with in terms of the 72. Um, and uh, it was going to be that matches were going to be broadcast on ITV 2 There'd be quite a few of them just as we see, uh, you, know, in terms of the Premier League and Sky. Um, and all of the, all of the EFL clubs got a bit giddy, I think it's fair to say. Um and uh they they started spending money uh you know on 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 the never never as as tends to be the case wages started going up um and then the viewing figures for ITV Digital were absolutely appalling because right. uh and and this isn't this isn't a criticism you know, there there is a limited pool of people who are who are willing to watch Reading versus Middlesbrough yeah uh, and that's not to you know that that's not a criticism of the clubs it's 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 the way of the world where we are today um and when i t v when i t v um which set up i t v digital as a separate company when it realized that the return they were going to generate from this particular deal was an absolutely absolute disaster, they effectively put i t v digital into administration and says look we we can't afford to pay the money Mm-hmm. Um and the the clubs in the EFL said, Well, hold on, yeah, you know, this is this is yeah, you know, ITV's rich and, and ITV uh, digital isn't, but as they were separate legal entities, ITV Digital can actually say, Well, we we've not got the money to pay you, sorry sorry folks, um and, and we're out of it. And of course that left a huge void and it put Sky into an incredibly strong position. They came and said, Yeah, we we are willing to, to sign up with the EFL. But in terms of the money, it's available. Well, you, 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 didn't want us that long ago. We, we're not, we're not going to bust a. You know, yeah. who, who else is going to uh, give you money? Um, so, so there was certainly a, a lot of crisis as far as the clubs in the EFL were concerned. I, I know, I know, Brighton were in the Championship at the time, and we 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 were hit quite badly. And I think Palace were in the Championship at yeah. the time. Yeah, you know, all, all the clubs really took a uh, because they they had signed players on. The usual, you sign players on three or four-year contracts with fixed agreed wages on the assumption, right, this is the deal. We've got our three sources of revenue, match day broadcasting and commercial. And all of a sudden, you've been taken out at the kneecaps uh, in terms of your expectations, in terms of broadcast revenues. Mm. It, it,
0: it's interesting, here, not it? The Sky are almost hysterical in their insistence that the championship is the most exciting league in the world. Uh, most unpredictable league in the world it's the pathway to paradise etc and yet they're not paying that much money to show it are they
1: um well, well sky, sky would argue that they are in terms of if you if you take a look at the what what it's costing in terms of what they pay for the number of viewers who who watch each match so oh, okay. um you know that they will use that as a metric is it as uh is it as valuable as, as the Premier League? No, it's not. But then, if if you are Sky, uh, you, you've got your advertising pre half time and post match. Well, Sky can charge premium prices for that if it's if it's Liverpool versus Manchester United, whereas they can't again for Middlesbrough versus Reading. So, so, so they look at it from a business model point of view, and they also look at it from the point of view is well, it, who what are the alternatives? Because who else is going to sign up? In, in respect of the EFL. And, you know, you and I, we we, we just love football. And, yeah, we we'll, if if our teams aren't playing, you know, dur- during, during the World Cup, I'll, I'll be pottering along to, to lower league matches or, or yep. non-league yeah, matches. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even if there's yeah, even if there's World Cup matches taking place, I'd rather see live football than, than televised. So, um, so, so that's the position. So I, I don't think Sky are necessarily... Uh, being mean uh, because yeah, if, if, if there's another broadcaster who thinks that they can get better viewing figures and still make a profit on, they would have offered the EFL more money.
0: Uh, fair enough. Uh, Leo Hernig, Ask this question the 2022 world cup will be the most expensive ever for those that go uh, uh, unless you live in doha of course i imagine uh, for richard keys it's going to be very cheap world cup how much of the money from ticket sales goes to qatar uh, state or fa or does fifa take the lot
1: um well when it, when it comes to the world cup fifa is responsible for selling the tickets uh, it, it does keep the the vast amount of the money. If, if we go back to um, 2018 and what happened as far as Russia was concerned, um, it cost Russia approximately 10 billion dollars to to upgrade the stadiums and so on. Um, it's estimated that that will broadly be the cost for the the stadiums themselves in uh, in Qatar although the total infrastructure spend is estimated at 220 billion dollars and, and to give you sort of a, a rough idea um, the, the annual uh, the annual budget of the NHS is probably about you know 140 billion dollars in a in a non covid environment so you know, the cost of wow. hosting the world cup is is going to cost wow. qatar more than we yeah you know, 18 months worth of our nhs budgets that's, that's yes. it. And, yeah. and and what what the qatar government said well hold on you know, we would have spent some of this money anyway because we want to upgrade the infrastructure. But um, of of the ten billion that it cost Russia, estimated, and many of that will have gone to a uh, uh, friends of friends, shall we say, uh, in respect of the government, as, as okay. we saw in in the Winter Olympics as well. Um, Russia only got three hundred and eighty two, so they effectively got you know four four cents on the dollar uh, in terms of what it cost them. So, uh, and, and what you will see is there will be uh reports and there will be uh, management consultants who will put together a very glossy brochure to say Ah oh, well you've got to consider the uh the overall economic benefit to hosting the world Cup um all of these uh brochures are poppycock in in my opinion uh, because when you actually uh, look at the true costs uh they say well, you you'll get extra tourists but you you'll get you'll get some extra football tourists but what happens at the same time is you've got local people perhaps are, okay, well we're getting out of the country because yeah you know, we it's going to be full of people coming in for the football and also other people who are thinking of going to russia or brazil in 2014 or south africa in 2010 and so on um they they will say that uh, well i'm not going to go to south africa in 2010 because it's going to be you know it's going to be full of football people so therefore, we're going to go somewhere else. So, so you get you get football tourists coming in, and you get regular tourists choosing to go elsewhere. Mm. Uh, then there's the, the the talk about legacy. Um, I, I think the word legacy should be replaced by the word fallacy. Uh, if, if you if if you if you go to Cape Town and you take a look at the, uh, what was a fantastic stadium. I was fortunately, I, I went there in 2010 and I watched some of the matches and. Did did I have a great time absolutely did did my mates have a great time absolutely did we meet loads of fantastic people absolutely um but that 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 stadium is now not used the yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the stadiums that were built in fairly fairly rural places in brazil for 2014 because uh, Fe so well, yeah we, we don't want everything concentrated in two or three cities though those stadiums are not being used, so you know the claim that well you know, it will be there will be a legacy benefit because the local team or the, you know, there'll be facilities made available it's not they 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 just you know the maintenance costs of these places uh, become very- significant so it's 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 a bit like a great party um everybody goes away with fantastic memories but the host is the person that has to clear up the mess. And, and sometimes that can take uh, uh, a, a, f- a few days. Uh, and in, in the case of, uh, of the, the host countries, it's, it's actually a few years in, in terms of clearing up the, the financial mess that, it, that is caused by hosting the tournament. So um, I, I, back to Leo's original question, how much they get from each individual ticket, it's, it's very difficult. What tends to happen is, is that FIFA will say, we will give you a fixed fee. Um, in, in respect of what we're getting from you. And, and we will uh, clear up the money in terms of the ticket receipts. But, but FIFA, uh, FIFA, I think, made around about $2 billion, uh, from ticket receipts, of which uh, 382 went to, to Russia in, in total uh, for everything that Russia did for, uh, for the 2018 World Cup. And it was a great World Cup to go to as a fan. You know, I've got mates who went. Uh, and as you know, I'm, I've got historic uh, ties to Russia as well.
0: Indeed. Uh, and that was Finley's cue for leaving the room. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's, he's got to grass you up, hasn't he? Finley's, <laughs> Finley's ton of, he's bashing the floor of his paw to send the message saying he's talking about Russia again, Mum. <laughs> I haven't heard the word poppycock for a long time. It's a, it's a brilliant comedy word, poppycock, because it's got two pers and two curs, which are the funny... Uh, it's very good. And also it's got the word cock at the end. So it's obviously a boon, a boon for every comedian. But Matt Mercer has one of those questions that we love because it's, it, it's a simple concept that we've never actually uh, thought about talking about. Um, Matt says, I was wondering whether there's ever been a time that a negative transfer fee has taken place if a team could not afford to keep a player on their current wages, i.e., we as a club will pay you to take our player off our hands. Surely there's nothing to stop this from happening. And if the buying club, so to speak, agreed personal terms with the player, especially will disallow the buying club to pay the player more than they would otherwise if taking them for three and make the transfer more feasible. So basically, can, can one club offer another club money to take the player off their hands?
1: Um, they, they, they can effectively do it by, we have seen some transfers in which a player has got six months, normally six months left on the contract. And what will happen is the, uh, the the host club will say, we will pay you three months wages out of six. Um, no, but there's another club that's interested in you. He'll that, that, that other club will offer you an 18 month or a two and a half year deal. And th- your wages won't be as high as they were uh, here. But you look at the combined income coming in. We end up saving money. You end up with slightly more money. So it's not a direct transfer fee from club to club because you would simply just agree a free transfer instead. But if you take a look at the overall cost, it does, it does effectively mean that the the, uh, the the parent club, or sorry, the originating club is uh is is subsidizing the wages of the player when, when the player moves on. And and that has happened quite often. You know, I think I think we mentioned that the case of, of Danny Drinkwater when uh, last season he he went uh, you know Ch- Chelsea would normally charge uh, a loan fee for a player, especially a player that costs them 30 million. They by all accounts they paid all of Danny Drinkwater's wages. I remember when Wayne when Wayne Bridge Went, came to Brighton from Manchester City. Um, you know, he'd he'd fallen out with, with with the manager, or things weren't working. Again, you know, my understanding is that City paid all or almost all of his wages. So, so that that was a way of, uh, you know, When he was in the last year of his contract, etc. Mm. Um, and and he was absolutely brilliant, apart from falling asleep uh, when we played the playoffs at home. To, I can't can't remember who, uh, probably on the most miserable night of my life.
0: Well, you know what it's like, Kieran. It's 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 warm sometimes in Sussex. You know, he he'd probably had a long day, a long day on the beach, nibbling away at popcorn and quinoa, and uh, it was quite a good night in my life. Um, yes, I can imagine. Yes. <coughs> uh, David Holiday, I'll, I'm I'm looking forward to this, Kieran. David Holiday <laughs> says, "I have a conspiracy theory slash question." Uh, I'm going to stop you there, David. It's a conspiracy theory. It it might be dressed up as a question, but it's a conspiracy theory. And as you know, after a question about kits, wacky conspiracy theories are the thing we like most on this pod. They're guaranteed to be read out. David says, I have a conspiracy theory slash question about teams making the home team switch ends at the coin toss. This seems like an obvious way to unsettle a home team and happened several times at Ellen Road last season, for example, making us attack the Kop end, our Kop end, in the first half. Yet the team who are most obsessive with attacking their Kop, Liverpool, never seem to get turned around. Do broadcasters lean on teams to not turn teams like (laughs) Liverpool around because of the TV value of watching Liverpool attacking the Kop seeking a second-half win? the fact that it never happens makes me feel like something's going on dot 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 exclamation mark (laughs) I'm going to go out on a limb here David and say no they don't but Kieran Kieran who's more cynical than I may have some inside information that's why I love football and football fans (laughs) it's just David and his mates are in the pub or rather his mates are going oh Jesus David's here again let's for the love of God let's hope Liverpool's not on telly because he'll just be going look see told you it, the, the broadcasters have had a word i it's it, it's a great conspiracy theory Kira, but i'm i'm guessing you, you can't stand it up <laughs> yeah well, I, 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 remind me what this has got to do with football finance by the way uh, what a uh, big tv uh, tv you know, the, the because the broadcasters it doesn't have to do with no. fo- fo- conspiracy theories doesn't have to and football finance is not is it? as as uh, uh, what happened here? did you drop a, what you drop it on the around. Wow! Is he right by the microphone, Finley? There, he drop a wonky chomp on his paw. Um, Wait, I'll tell you. Be the, quiet, I'll, be quiet. I'll tell you <laughs> that that worked. I'll tell you. I'll tell you uh, the financial value. <laughs> uh, Sky pay an awful lot of money, Kieran. Yes, uh, for, for, Premier, <laughs> for Premier League, right? So a lot of people subscribe. I, I'm not paying my Sky Sports subscription every year to see Liverpool tap the cop in the first half of a football game, Kieran. I, I I demand. That's that's why. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I I must confess,
1: this is something which I've always wondered about myself. No,
0: <laughs> because uh, it, it is. Have you, it got, is have, the, you got, have you got Swiss Rambles is, number?
1: <laughs> Go on. Um, so is? yeah, it's 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 a weird one. um I I don't I don't know whether it's just common courtesy, but you would imagine some um, some managers, yeah, uh, you know, especially who those who who are should we say more uh, more from the combative uh, spectrum of football would have would have said yeah. to their captain. Yeah, let's make sure that the Liverpool are attacking the cop in the first half, and yeah, because that's going to that's going to that's going to irritate them a bit, and we can get amongst them. And uh, uh, but I, I think it's as much to do with the fact that that uh, that both sets of uh, but both both sets of teams would prefer to be attacking their own fans in the second half, you know, mm-hmm. to to get you know to, just to get that additional boost, uh, you know, I I, I because uh, you know at, at Brighton you know we're we uh we we have the away fans right behind the goal. Mm. Although I think there was some grumble I think I think our lot of try, our some of our fans are trying to get that shifted. And I and I think I think away fans should be behind the goal. Like I, I hate it when you're in the corner. Oh, I God, think it's yeah. yeah it's 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 not the same. Um, and you can make a difference. Yeah, you know, if you get that corner in the last five minutes, uh, you know, you, you're if you're attacking your own fans. Um, but yeah, it, I think it's I think it is an intriguing one. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's some academic research that could be done on it. Uh, yeah, perhaps I'll talk to some of my colleagues, and, and we and we will actually we will actually try to get a paper out on this, uh, some sort of uh, you know in in got some sort of sporting journal uh, by by, by Take, taking note of uh, whether they do, but it's it's the same at Old Trafford. It's uh, it, it's the same. Uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't the same at Spurs. I think the last time we, we played there. Um, but yeah, it, it is it is a common feature of of football. Um, and uh, I've, I've never I've never come up with a with a good explanation for it. So I'm sorry, David. I, I, um, I'm not. I don't think it's conspiracy theory. I'm in the same school as Kevin. But I, I think there's probably some sort of reason for it. First of all, fifty percent of the time. The, the home captain is going to win the toss and therefore they're automatically going to do it and I, and I think a lot of the other times the the away captain would rather be attacking their own fans in the second half just as just so therefore it works for both parties
0: I, I think I owe David Holliday an apology really I, I, there I was thinking that he was a typical eccentric football fan and it turns out he's, he's put his finger on something there it's oh. <laughs> When talking about Brighton, um, I presume you're not too pleased that your one of your favourite players has uh, been whacked off to Chelsea.
1: Um, well, if, if you'd said if you'd said to me what 13 months ago, we would have sold our third best centre half to Arsenal for 50 million pounds, um, and it's good. It's good to see. You know, I I I I've seen some of the pictures from from the match uh, the other night. That you could see uh, yeah, Ben White has has been using. His his son Lounger a lot over the summer. He he makes he makes Des O'Connor look like a polar bear. Yeah, he's he's just whatever you say. How on earth can you be that brown all the time? It's it's very irritating. Um, Yeah, we uh, do. do We do we love Cookeria? Yeah, fantastic player. Um, uh, Would 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 I ever believe that we've signed the 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 fullback that's going to command a a world record fee uh, a year after signing him? No, no. Mm. So well, we know. it, it, it's it's a cracking deal, sixty two million. So just uh, just just enjoy it. Uh, it, it was always going to go on to bigger and better things, and it was just a case of when. Uh, yeah, we couldn't
0: afford him. But there you are, um, uh, Mickey Star. As <laughs> <that's> a question, <laughs> that's uh, Mickey Starr's a good name, isn't it? Um, it is. I'd to like, Imagine going into showbiz and trying to think of a more showbizy name than Mickey Star. Um, and Mickey Star has been doing his research, though, Kieran, and you. Mm-hmm. I, I think you'll approve of this because uh, Mickey Star says it's been reported that the owners of my club Bolton Wanderers, uh, her football ventures Whites Limited, converted a five million pound emergency loan into shares. The British Business Bank's latest update on the future fund reveals that the club has opted to convert a COVID support scheme loan into shares in the company, 8%, rather than repay it. What does this mean? and Is it good or bad news for the club? Um, my view, Mickey,
1: is that this is is good news for the club because, yeah. um, first of all, it, it, it values Bolton Wanderers at, at a huge sum of money, which I, I think, you know, realistically, as a League One club, they... They would struggle to get if uh, if, if if you converted that eight percent into a uh, into a hundred percent. So uh, the reason why I think it's good is that uh, shares never have to be repaid, uh, whereas loans do. Um, when when the club is sold, the the shareholder uh, will be mainly uh, the the new people who who have joined the club, and, and they will pick up the majority of the money. At the same time, the taxpayer will get a return. Um, we we have seen the The business bank uh, do the same with quite a few uh, of, of the investments that were made, and uh, you know my view is is getting uh, you know government involvement in, in in equity investment. There's there there is a potential upside. The, the, the downside is if you invest in a bunch of duff companies, then the taxpayer does get get stuffed. But it does allow companies to. Um, to, to progress further without having to worry about you know, how we're we going to find that five million in a couple of years' time when when the due repayment is. So yeah, I, I, my my personal view is that the government won't be involved in day to day decision making as far as Bolton are concerned. So that's good. Yeah, they, they want to get involved. Um, the the club itself no longer has that that burden of having to repay the money, and uh, therefore the money can be invested in infrastructure, progressing uh, matters on the pitch, and so on.
0: Uh, Kieran, I know this is one of those idiot questions that is part of my job to answer, but to ask rather, uh, if I could answer it, I wouldn't ask you. But what what does the bank think about loaning money that they're then not going to get back? Um, well, they
1: they they view it as a potential investment. So you know, let's say that Bolton return to the the Premier League in you know in, in, in say three or four seasons, and the 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 bank might at that point be able to say to somebody yeah if you if you want to buy 8% of bolton bolton's now worth 200 250 million pounds 8% of that is what 20 million we bought it for five we sold it for 20 we've done a fantastic deal as far as the taxpayer is concerned so oh. so it will be it will be viewed from an investment portfolio perspective
0: Got it. Okay. Our penultimate question comes from Jay Clifford. Um, and it's actually something we've been talking about in a different context recently. If a club does the dirty, uh, in brackets, or as seems to be the case now, does what everyone does in trying to get to the Premiership and wildly spends beyond their means, smashing all financial fair play rules, that they get promoted to the Premier League and stay out for several seasons. And uh, therefore, no longer part of the EFL, are they then immune to any punishment? It certainly used to be the case, and, and, and as in QPR, the Premier League didn't in, wouldn't impose uh, EFL fines, would they? But I believe it's that's changed now. The PL and EFL EFL are kind of joined together now, aren't they? In terms of that's that's right.
1: There, there, whilst there is hostility between the Premier League and the EFL with regards to distribution of TV monies. There is uh, a, a sort of more of an entente cordiale um, with regards to um, the the, the uh, breaches of financial regulations, profitability and sustainability um, from from the from the EFL. So the position now is that should a club. Uh, in the championship, be found guilty of a charge in in respect of, of breaking the the FFP limits, then there is a, a range of sanctions that the EFL can apply. Um, and what tends to be the case is if that club has been promoted to the Premier League, that instead of going down the points deduction route, mm. um, they the, the Premier League has said we will not uh, we will not have our competition. Dictated to or impacted by an EFL decision in terms of what happens at the end of the season, but if the EFL says you're going to have a fine, then the the Premier League will effectively say it's it's a bit like uh, uh, it's a bit like the the, the child support agency. It, it can it can apply to the employer in effect and say uh, we, we, we're going to have these deductions made. And yes, the Premier yeah. League will <laughs> say All right the next time that we are giving money out. Uh, from uh, from Sky and BT and, and our commercial partners, uh, we are not going to give you hundred uh, percent. You got a you got an eight million pound fine to pay from the EFL. We're going to subtract that from what from your entitlement, and we're going to pay that across to the EFL. And this this has been the case. Uh, you know, Leicester, Fulham, Bournemouth have all been subject to uh, to, to charges by the EFL. Um, and, uh, and and the Premier League has effectively acted as the, the guardian of those monies. Um, I, I do think the EFL are, are trying to move to what we might refer to as a more of a real-time uh, monitoring system so that if they identify clubs are exceeding the limits during the season, uh, you know, in an ideal world, they would like to be able to make those charges um, whilst that team is still in the EFL. But it's it's a very very difficult uh, issue to address. Uh, but you know our our friend Trevor Birch, who's, who's been on the show, and you know I think he's he's sort of one of the people that believes that this is this is perhaps one of the ways forwards uh, to. And if you do that, um, you know, and 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 I can you know I, I sense from from you know the the opening words in Jay's comment. Um, Doing the dirty. This takes away the incentive to do the dirty. If you're going to be found out uh, during the season, uh, and and then you could be subject to a points deduction, uh, which which will yeah, prevent you from getting promoted or getting into the playoffs. Mm. Uh, who is it has come around to visit you, Kieran? It's it, it's the decorator. Oh, okay. He's a chatty, chatty little fella, isn't he? <laughs> he is. Uh, I, I don't get involved in this because because this involves colours. Ah, um, oh, that's uh, no so, so therefore, there. therefore therefore he's saying well, why's, uh, "Why why is no you know, isn't this important no 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 it involves colors so therefore I am I'm am vetoed from all decision making
0: Well, wow. you at the risk of sounding like a 70s comedian Kieran you you would I'm pretty much vetoed from all decision yeah <laughs> though we do a, well, a lot of uh, people do, we discuss it and then uh, we do what Ali wants. <laughs> yes. uh, experience tells me that's always the best way to do things, anyway. So, <laughs> in fact, what I just do now is can we just cut out the discussion? It'll just go straight <laughs> to, to sort it out. Life's much easier that way. Um, I can't wait to see her tomorrow. Uh, Chris Dixon uh, sounds like he's American um, and he's talking about something we've discussed quite a lot recently, the surprisingly democratic way that American sport Mm. is is arranged. But <clears throat> it's a very interesting, specific question. So I'm happy to ask it, um, and it's for your opinion. Chris says, I'm a fan of the NFL, NBA, and a big advocate of the American Sports League format, which promotes equality and revenue sharing. Our game is built on a model where essentially the richest owners and biggest clubs win year after year. Oh, that's our game, so maybe he's not American. In comparison, the MLS has had eight different winners in the last nine seasons. In the last 15 Super Bowls, there have been 12 different winners, can you think of any measures that could be introduced in the Premier League that could bridge the gap between the top and bottom to make a more competitive division? For example, having the same transfer cap for all clubs, salary cap, etc. The, the trouble is, Kieran, whatever whatever you come up with, it's going to be resisted very heavily by at least eight of the clubs in the Premier League, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yes, it is. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm glad that Chris has raised this question because I I chipped in with this to a to a few panels and uh, yeah. presentations um at, to, to be to be greeted with with blank looks yeah. um if we take a look at the revenue of the the big six you know, the, the, the Super League clubs, the average revenue that they generate uh, in the Premier League is £450 million. Pounds. If we take a look at the revenue of the other 14, and again, we know who these are, yeah. their, their revenue is £150 million. Pounds. So we've got a £300 million pound difference yeah, already, between yeah. within the division itself. So how can this be done? Now, I, I've been asked to do various bits and pieces uh, over the past few years to... to you know, fraught by by people. And I, I don't want to go into details to who's asked me to do what. Um, but one of them said, you know, could, could you could you could you replicate what, what happens in the NFL? So I went to it, did, did my research. And the way that it works in the NFL is that the home team keeps 60% of the gate receipts and the the commercial income is pooled. And again, if you've got a bigger commercial deal um with a uh, with, with a commercial partner, you keep 60% of it. The rest goes into the pool. Um, so, so I did that, and, uh, and 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 I produced the figures. And look, look, Manchester United and Spurs and Chelsea and Liverpool will still get more money than Palace and Brighton, yeah. and that is right and proper in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, yeah, of course. And yeah. we 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 are not we are not proposing, or we're not even suggesting, you know, anyway, some sort of you know Cuban socialist utopia where everybody's is paid exactly the same. No, nobody's. Uh, no, nobody's coming up with uh, with that because, frankly, they they don't tend to work in practice, um, and and it does take away uh, incentives for people to invest anyway. But um, when, when I did did present this, it, I, I was said, "Oh, you're a bloody communist!" I'm going, well, "Hold on, I've <laughs> I've, I've, got, I've got a subscription to the Daily Telegraph, and you asked me to do this." <laughs> so, so I was going, oh, yeah, "What?" Well, uh, but I said, "Um," and the reaction was, "Well, we simply won't get it through. You know, the 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 Premier League clubs will will kick off too much," um, so. We we do have a lack of uh, uh, competitive balance within the Premier League, and it is the biggest driver of of revenues with, within within the national game. As um, why are the US franchises so successful? It's because uncertainty sells, um, right. and we 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 know that you know last last season you know my 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 team are doing cartwheels. But we finished ninth. Yeah, Manchester Manchester United fans yeah you know, they are phoning the samaritans because they finished sixth well you know, yeah. that 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 does indicate that there is something fundamentally uh ill at ease and again you know, I I go back yeah you know, yeah we are a couple of old blokes but I can remember derby forest villa everton blackburn uh leeds united all winning the top division yeah. on merit I can remember Ipswich finishing second on a regular basis. Um, yeah, you I can go, remember Reading yeah. doing really well. <laughs> you, you did really well one season. But th- but those days have gone. And the reason why those days have gone is that over the course of the last 15 years, the the big six clubs have chipped away and chipped away at the other clubs by taking a bigger and bigger slice of the cake with the threat of creating – super league yeah. if the other clubs didn't go along and the other clubs have made concession after concession after concession and they thought by taking such an approach by acquiescing to the demands of the premier league they wouldn't so to, to the demands of the big six the, the the super league uh wouldn't uh super league wouldn't be created but these clubs are just so greedy they, they're just so focused on their own self-interest they still tried it yeah, uh, you know, as as, as we know, um, so you know th- that 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 is the legacy of of the greed of of those big clubs. They they are big clubs for a reason. They've got big fan bases and so on. we no nobody's saying that things should be split evenly, but certainly that the best and the worst thing that's happened to football, in my opinion, over the course of the last decade, is Leicester City winning the Premier League in twenty sixteen. Absolutely fantastic. I, I don't think there were. Many people that begrudge them, yeah, okay, yeah, you, you know, I think perhaps you know, some 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 towns don't like Leicester, but you know, unless you were a rival, a direct rival, of Leicester, I think no, nobody begrudged that. And the and what was very noticeable the, the first reaction of the Big Six clubs when Leicester City won the Premier League was to make sure this will never happen again. Yeah, because they changed the distribution rules, they've made it increasingly difficult. Um, they've extracted uh, concessions from UEFA so um i'm i'm i i understand where chris is coming from that that that's the solution you know it, it's it, it's pooling of resource uh to a greater degree it's because that 300 million pound difference between the big 6 and the other 14 is only going to grow and grow and grow mm. especially when we move to the the new champions league format which comes in in 2024 because i i think we will very quickly uh Have a situation in which there will be five clubs coming from the Premier League into the Champions League every year. And if the sixth club gets into, will be in the Europa League and they win that Europa League, we could easily have six clubs um, quite often appearing in the Champions League. And the extra money you get from UEFA further extends that financial gap between those clubs and the other 14.
0: Of course, the the one downside of the American model, Kieran, is the word you mentioned there, franchise. Yeah. From a fan's point of view, I know fan culture is different, but you can have the most equal distribution of money in the world, but you've still got that fear that your club's going to up and move 3,000 miles away to the other coast. True, but if you have an Hmm. independent regulator of football, you can't. (sighs) Mike, there's it's a, there's a no end to the ways you can crowbar Tracy Crouch into this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> right to the end. <laughs> We'll be talking about Derby County next. Um, Thank you to everyone who's donated to the pod via our Patreon page. If you'd like to make a small monthly contribution to the pod, then go to patreon.com slash priceoffootball. And don't forget, if you contribute enough, you can avoid the ads if you want. And if you have a question you'd like answered on the show, email us at questions at priceoffootball.com. We'll be back on Thursday. I'll be up in Edinburgh recording up there, which I'm very excited about. In the meantime, now I shall hand you over to Mr. Kieran Maguire for his customary farewell. Uh,
1: well, thanks as always folks for all the feedback on the show and, and for, for correcting me when I make errors, um, which, which I seem to do. <laughs> uh, so somebody's already pointed out that the FA cup, uh, I said, I said I was excited because we're recording. This Saturday. Oh, the FA cup started. Apparently there were six matches on the Friday night. So, right. um, I, I'm a little bit late on that. Um, Patreon is one way. Um, and apologies for the VAT issue. I'm I'm trying to sort it. Um, I, I will I will I will be speaking to our friends at Patreon this week about that. Um, the the other way you can support the show is to uh, is to get onto that app that you you uh you download the show with um and if you can give us a review you can give us five stars it, it helps us in the charts it's uh, it impacts the algorithms we 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 we're quite happy that we can spell algorithm and that's about <laughs> as far as kevin and i want to go with regards to that particular issue um it, by all accounts it, it doesn't matter what you write you, you could say well yeah, perhaps perhaps sort of you know two middle-aged south london boys isn't as glamorous uh, a present, presentation couples you want so i could think of no more glamorous a couple than peter perfect and penelope pitstop oh. of wacky races oh. uh, and yeah you know, that, that that i think that that would be absolutely perfect uh and and, and i I'd, I'd pay to listen to that so uh uh you know you write, write what you want and, and we will take it with good grace our egos can cope with it
0: Oh, wacky races, that was a concept, wasn't it? I liked it. Yes. The Arkansas Chugger bug was the one I liked particularly. Um Penelope Pitstop. So she's, how, did, how could she win those races, Kieran? When she was always doing her makeup in the mirror. <laughs> like like women used to do. If you had uh, her and Lady Penelope from Thunderbirds, that would be a great oh. Although yeah, we well. had a we had a first last week, Kieran, one of the people that you suggested should uh, host a show actually got in touch to thank us yes. for, for this. Just, <laughs> just came out and I was Steve Mac Got in touch with producer guy to say thank you very much for for mentioning. I also, I think, probably suggested that he would actually take the gig. So there you are. Um, <laughs> so if, if Peter Perfect and, Pen- and Penelope Pitstop, uh, if their agents want to get in touch... And uh, the producer guy will, have to imagine, if they would do it, I was going to say they couldn't do it for cheaper than we do it, but <laughs> <laughs> if sure they offered to undercut us, I think producer guy would go for it. Uh, bye, everybody. Have a lovely week. See you soon. Bye. bye. my son for football.